Welcome to Obsessed with Design, a show about what makes designers tick. I'm your host, Josh Miles. On today's episode of Obsessed with Design, I catch up with Natalie Norcross from A Design Partnership. Natalie talks about her background in interior design, what led her to selling her firm, and why she now focuses on marketing and branding. So without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Natalie Norcross. Okay, guys, welcome all the way from just outside of Los Angeles, California, Natalie Norcross. Natalie is the CEO of A Design Partnership, a dynamic group of brand designers and marketing experts. With over 16 years of work experience in marketing for interior design, architecture, builder, developer, hotel, and home brands, Natalie has demonstrated a track record of driving substantial growth. Natalie is an official member of the Forbes Agency Council, as well as a regular speaker and panelist for both the marketing and design industries. So Natalie, with your background in both interior design and marketing, I can't wait to hear more about your story. But first off, welcome to Obsessed with Design. Oh, thank you, Josh. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here today and hopefully some good insight into marketing that can help some of the listeners. Well, one of the places I always like to start is uh, digging into a designer's origin story, but I feel like yours perhaps has a few different branches that we need to pursue. So maybe you can tell us about how you found yourself in the interior design business first, and then how you made it into the marketing and branding world as well. Yes. Thank you. Happy to share. So I started my career as an interior designer, and I had a really successful design firm. Uh, We did high-end residential and hospitality design. A lot of the work that we did was anywhere from 7,000 to 35,000 square foot custom homes, uh, mainly in the outskirts of LA. But a lot of our clients did have other vacation homes or second homes across the country. Uh, So we, of course, worked with them there. And then um, later, we went on to do hotels internationally. We did some projects with Raffles and did projects in Germany, as well as the Seychelles Islands, and really had a good time and growing a great design business. And I had the opportunity in May of 2008 to sell my design business. So I did so. And a few months later, the market crashed and kind of fell out. And so a lot of... How smart did you look? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. And a lot of designers and architects in the industry, you know, were really concerned about what was happening um, at that time. And so uh, I started having some designers and architects just ask if I can help them with marketing and business development, which is how the agency uh, was born. And uh, now we are a great group of digital marketing experts and branding designers and social media and public relations experts who all, you know, work on growing our clients' brands in their markets. So we have a lot of interior design clients as well as architecture clients. So when you were selling your firm back in 2008, did you ever expect that you would go right back to consulting those folks who maybe were your peers or competitors before? Or did you have a different plan before that all went down? Uh, no, I, I had a different plan. It kind of happened all organically and it wasn't really the the plan, but um, with the market and everything you know falling out, it was a time of a lot of unknowns and just 
most people in the industry not really knowing, you know, where to turn or what to do in terms of um, growing their business. And a lot of them just trying to even keep it afloat. So it was a really, really interesting time and kind of happened very organically. That's pretty awesome. So I have to imagine that sort of how you had positioned your practice and the work that you'd done and, and maybe even the marketing and branding of the practice itself was part of how you were able to sell in the first place. Is that is that accurate? Yeah. And it's actually what I loved um, a lot about the business. Um, I, at the time, thankfully had a really uh, strong kind of creative director. I had a lot of trust and confidence in um, her overseeing the design. So my day-to-day at that point was, you know, really building the business, doing business development and marketing the company uh, as well as branding the company. So it was what I love doing and um, really enjoyed. So now I feel blessed that I get to do what I love the most every day with a lot of different clients and a lot of brands. Well, we've um, kind of talked around it a little bit, but tell us about exactly how you would describe what a design partnership, which is not just something generic. That's the name of the company, a design partnership. How, how do you define what it is and um, kind of what you do? In a nutshell, we are an outsourced marketing agency. So we become um, a marketing department for our clients. And we have about six different programs that we run on the marketing side in order to grow a client's brand. Um, and every client is kind of working on different elements of programs or levels of programs and different packages of programs simultaneously, uh, depending on the goals that they want to achieve for their business. So how many folks do you have who are, I guess, either employed full-time or, or sort of part of the team there? 55. 55. Wowzers. So how is it that you've gotten to that size and did you like target to be a 55 person firm or did it just kind of happen overnight or organically or, you know, why, why that size? <laughs> That's a good question. So uh, last year, we actually had quite a big growth year and uh, a big growth spurt. And by the Q4 of 2017, we were at a good healthy number and uh, both internally and externally with the uh, employees and the clients that we had. And so our leadership team uh, kind of made a decision that going forward in 2018, that we were going to stay as is and not hire or expand uh, the, or scale the business anymore. And so throughout the years, it's been a really organic process. And this last year, uh, we had quite tremendous growth and some big goals set out that thankfully uh, we achieved. And so now we're here. Very nice. And I know so many agencies are kind of structured differently. Do you have, is everybody there on site or are they dispersed all over the place? Are they virtual or, you know, come in and punch time clock? What's it look like for you guys? Yeah. So we um, actually have a really interesting structure. Most of our staff besides our leadership team is all virtual. Uh, we have a director that oversees each department or each kind of program that we run who oversee uh, the team underneath them. Um, so our directors, you know, meet on a regular basis in our office here in Westlake Village. And then the rest of our team, thankfully, due to technology, uh, is mainly virtual. Well, especially in L.A., that's got to be handy that uh, they don't need to make the drive in every day. Yes. Yeah. No commute. <laughs> it's really nice. <laughs> well, maybe you can inspire some of our listeners. I know, 
you know, everybody answers this question so differently, but what would you say a typical work day or work week looks like for you personally? What, what split of that is, you know, talking with clients or doing administrative things or selling or writing, designing, like what, what does a typical day look like for you? Great question. So every Monday I have one-on-one meetings uh, with all of our directors. And then we also have a team meeting uh, with our directors as well. And then throughout the rest of the week, every day, we have a project management standup where we go through each and every client together. Um, And then I actually really like working closely with our clients. So I am the one point of contact for all of our clients and oversee uh, a lot of the accounts, which is fun and something that I really enjoy doing. So my day-to-day is a a mixture of um, overseeing our director team and just working closely with our clients and uh, maintaining the relationship and making sure that their programs are all running successfully and that you know goals and targets are being met. Cool. So it looks like from your website that you have a, a pretty awesome mix of clients and or partners that you work with, some, some well-known brands. How would you define what makes a great client? So for us, um, a great client is somebody who wants to scale their current business or expand in another territory. Most of our clients are looking for growth and our best clients understand consistency and uh, that it, while it is important to stay uh, consistent, that it also takes time and persistence. So I think our best clients are patient, but like scalability um, and are willing to make sure that, you know, we set and build a good foundation for long-term success. Our average client stays with us about five to seven years uh, now. And so, uh, yeah, we really do look for long-term partnerships and clients that, you know, we can really come alongside and be their marketing team for them. Based on that idea of what makes a great client, where do you feel like your best clients come from? And for many people, it's, you know, networking or it's inbound leads or it's referrals or just kind of curious for you guys, what's what's most accurate? Yeah. So, you know, we get anywhere from three to five inbound leads a day. The some of our best leads have come from and our best clients that have converted to clients have come from LinkedIn, as well as, you know, doing podcasts, we just did a really great webinar and have some great clients there. So I think because the interior design and architecture industry is so eager to learn about uh, modern marketing that, you know, I find when we're able to give back and educate and teach, you know, why we do certain things, um, that clients are really attracted to that. Do you see, and it sounded like at the beginning, more of your clients were kind of your peers, interior design firms, are are you working more with firms at this point or more with, with brands or products? Both. We actually have a really good mix of brands that sell to the design architecture consumer community, um, as well as architects and designers. So we have a really good mixture and kind of a wide breadth of both. What about when things maybe don't go quite as well? So for a lot of designers, you know, there are these red flags or things that you watch out for because, you know, oh man, every time I saw this, it turns out poorly. So what are some of the things that that you watch out for that, you know, it's maybe not going to be a good fit for you guys before you get started? 
Do you mean like with a client or with like a, a marketing tactic? Uh, well, that's an interesting question. I did mean, how do you identify that a client may not be a good fit, but maybe you could answer both of those. <laughs> okay. Let's see. The best way for me to answer that would have to be someone who has champagne taste on a beer budget or which it was the same in my design business too. That's kind of how we vetted out a lot of our <laughs> uh, design clients too, or, you know, mismanaged expectations, like expecting to get something that we wouldn't be able to achieve with the marketing programs that we have. So I think, you know, aligning expectation with deliverables is really important for us. Uh, which is why I do most of the onboarding with our clients, um, any of our new clients, because I do really want to make sure that we set a proper foundation for success, which is uh, one of the you know pillars of who we are as an agency and a company in terms of you know what we want to be known for, and so uh, that's really important for us to you know manage expectations. How do you feel like? Um, I mean, it's a great thing to be able to sniff out early on, but. What are some of the ways that, that you help to ensure that the expectations are not only set, but being reset and reminded of kind of as you go throughout a project? Yeah. So we have an, um, a really wonderful onboarding process where we do an initial meeting with the client and then we do a brand consultation and then we do a kickoff meeting where we go through an overall project timeline with expectations and deliverables. Uh, and then from there, um, I have a monthly agency meeting with each one of our clients to go through the progress and the success of the program. So we stay really close with our clients in that regard. And of course, you know, are, are speaking with them throughout the, the month on a regular basis as well. What about when, when you feel a little bit stuck? So where, where are you most likely to find inspiration or, or new ideas? See, there's lots of different ways, especially living here in LA. I think we get, you know, inspired by so many things. Um, marketing as a whole is evolving and expanding, you know, so much. So I think Thankfully, there's a lot of growth happening on a regular basis, whether it be with Instagram or Facebook or you know new communication strategies for public relations and exposure. Um, so for us, you know, we really are able to kind of stay on the on the pulse with a lot of different tools that we have and use regularly in order to make sure that you know we are kind of pushing forward um, as a modern marketing agency. Well, with modern marketing, as things are changing all the time, is there anything that you guys started doing in the past few months that that's new for you or exciting or any new things you're experimenting with? So in 2018, we have a lot of a lot of really new tools on the social media side. Um, Instagram has the new shopping experience, which we have a lot of a few of our e-commerce clients involved with um, as well. And so that's one thing that's really exciting for Q1. Um, we also have some interesting, you know, email marketing techniques and strategies that we've been using for some of our clients to grow their databases. And that's been really fun to just see um, the growth happening there. So, so far, it's just been a really exciting start to a new year. What do you find are some of your favorite things to work on right now? Oh, there's so many favorite things. I mean, <laughs> I personally, I love the PR side of it. Um, we have some really great PR executives on our team and 
they're just doing some really great placements for our clients. And so for me personally, I find a lot of joy in them being able to our clients being able to get, you know, published and when they do um, get news that they're featured in California Home Design or Architectural Digest, you know, their excitement um, really is fulfilling for me. Um, so I enjoyed that as well as, you know, meeting milestones and goals that we've set out and, um, you know, seeing the excitement with our clients as they surpass 15,000 followers or 30,000 followers on Instagram. So that's always, you know, a real joy for me personally. Well, we were talking kind of before the top of the show about a particular case study and, and the, the media success that, that you guys were able to, to garner for this client. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, thank you for bringing it up. So last year in 2017, we had a few clients who um, surpassed over the 500 million mark of media impressions in a 12-month period, which was really exciting. And one client in particular, um, we got them over 650 million media impressions last year. So it's just really exciting to see that, you know, a lot of consistency and focus and determination does equal success and be able to look at those case studies and go over that with clients is really fun for them to be able to see what we've achieved in a year. Yeah, that is awesome. Maybe tell us about one of your proudest professional moments as a designer or marketer. Oh my gosh, there's so many. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I can't even, I don't know. So as a designer, I think, you know, being recognized or awarded uh, for the hard work or some of the design projects we did was always really fun and fulfilling and great for the team to be able to see, you know, their projects being awarded. And then uh, from a marketing standpoint, I think everyone on our staff really, you know, loves when clients are hitting milestones. And for us, that's what I find really exciting and, and fun and rewarding. Um, in terms of setting out goals and strategies, game plans and roadmaps, and then um, walking with our clients on that journey and achieving those results and that success is really fulfilling to me. So all in all, I think that's where I find most of my fulfillment. What about design heroes? Are there any anybody on the in the branding or or even interior design side that you would count as a design hero? Yeah, I mean, I think that like as a as a designer, people like Nies van der Rohe and just, you know, iconic people in our industry that have made way and um, even, you know, made interior design a profession. I think it's really admirable to think about, you know, where they were coming from or what their life looked like and the technology that they were exposed to and kind of being those forerunners um, is always really interesting. So, you know, the greats are people that are paving new roads or even, you know, allowing architecture and, and design to, you know, be a profession, I think is just really mind boggling to, to look at. So all in all, I get inspired from that. Cool. So this is sort of the self-fulfilling question of the show, since we're named obsessed with design. One of my observations is that uh, designers are obsessed with, let's say it, lots of things. What would you say that you find that you are most obsessed with right now? <laughs> you know, I just finished a really good book over the the break over the holiday called A Simplified Life by Emily Lay. And I think like going into the, the new year um, with the focus that less is more and that, you know, it's, as we simplify our lives, 
that things become more relevant. And so I'm really excited and inspired by that right now. I really think that going through the process of simplifying every area of my life from our actual home to our office and uh, technology, iPhone, computer is a really, really nice process to go through and spend, you know, a few weeks of the break um, simplifying a lot of different areas of our of our life. So I'm really inspired by that right now. That's funny. Just uh, coincidentally, I spent a bunch of the break, um, not specifically with that book, but sort of doing the same thing, digging out old boxes and storage and just like, what is all this junk and getting rid of stuff and <laughs> actually labeling, labeling folders that were in, uh, you know, files and, and whatnot. So yeah, or old apps that I didn't, I don't use anymore on my iPhone, just like deleting those because, you know, there's no reason to have all that clutter. So it is a, it's a really fun process. I actually enjoyed it. A year or so ago, I read the Japanese art of um, tidying up and that was oh, also yeah. Fun book and process to go through. So I think, you know, if we just look at uh, times that we can make things more simple, that sometimes that becomes more. Do you think there are any dream projects that you'd like to do in the future? I can't really think of any, actually. I mean, I think, you know, this year we're excited because we hit our goal. And so my, you know, dream was to stay kind of at, at this number with the number of clients and employees that we have. So I feel like I'm kind of living out that moment. And for this year, um, my mom, you know, I think our mantra is to, you know, have that balance and really dive in deeper with the clients that we have and, you know, work closely with our employees and just making our programs even better than they already are. And so um, overall, I think we're kind of in the moment and doing uh, what it is that we've aspired to do and are excited to have a year of enjoyment and balance. Well, balance and living the dream doesn't sound so bad. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, it's good. It's a good place to be. Okay. So let's put our caddy hat on for a minute. Many designers, at least in my experience, have certain things in the world around us that just drive them crazy. So I'm especially curious if there's a design trend or just a common thing or an error mistake, anything that you see out in the market that just makes you a little bit crazy. <laughs> hmm, that's a good question. Very thought provoking. I really can't think of any. I think like right now, a lot of the the design and the trends in the mid century. And I mean, I've been on Instagram and seen a lot of our clients, even just like what posts are performing better. And it's been really fun to see how light, bright and airy images are um, performing better and doing really, really great. And so I've enjoyed that. And I think that trend is really interesting from a tactical standpoint. And so overall, I don't know, I can't really think of any trends that I'm not appreciating at all. I think um, the industry is really moving forward in a great direction. and. A lot of the you know trends that are currently kind of out there are fun and nice and inspiring. So I really can't think of any actually. Well, nice. That might be the most positive uh, response to that question I've ever gotten. So congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so what if somebody knocks on your door next week and and they wanted to buy this business from you? What do you think you would find? You're not. You don't have to answer if you would or wouldn't sell. But what I'm curious about is. 
what you think you'd be doing if you weren't running a design partnership anymore? I don't know. When I sold my last business, I was thinking like we would have my husband and I would have a child and I would stay home with him. And that didn't really happen. So I guess you just never know what life is going to bring you or what new journey you're going to embark upon. But all in all, it's been great doing what we're doing now. And if that came about, then I, I don't know. I'm not sure where it would go. Just blind faith. (laughs) Puppy or something. (laughs) Yeah. Although they're a lot of work. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) Who wants that kind of responsibility? Yeah. One of our directors just got a a little multi-pob and she was saying yesterday that this little girl like keeps her up all night long and is crying all night. I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's so cute. But I don't know about the sleepless nights. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as you do all the, the one-on-ones with your team and, you know, have a group of 55 now, I'm curious what your favorite piece of advice to either pass along to your team or maybe a favorite piece of advice that you've ever received was. So I've had a lot of mentors throughout both of my businesses and career. And I think, you know, the the running thread or theme or advice um, has definitely been, you know, envisioning and goal setting, um, doing vision boards for different areas of your life has been really encouraging for me as well as doing with our director team, we actually do what's called a crystal ball exercise. And I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but um, it's where we kind of go through and look at, at the end of 2018, what does success look like a year from now? Mm. And so that's been a really fun exercise to go through with our team. And we actually do the same thing with our clients. When we go through the brand consultation, we also look look at like, what does success look like a, a year from now? And I think that's just a really good practice to look at so that you kind of have a a target of where you're going. And it's very fulfilling to be able to look back when you get to that target uh, on achieving those results. So that's been one really good piece of advice that I've continued to do uh, with our team as well as our clients. Well, I love the vision board idea too. Can you maybe talk through a little bit about what those are like? Yeah, absolutely. So I typically do one vision board every year that just includes like all different areas of my life. So it could be, you know, faith and personal and family and finance and business and put images or photos of what that goal would be under each category. Uh, because there's actually, I've read a few books about it. But there's like a scientific thing that happens in your body and your emotion when you see an image Um, So not only writing down what the goal is, but actually seeing an image of what it would look like when you've attained that goal um, helps you to reach it quicker and faster. Very cool. Yeah. I started doing that a couple of years ago too. And, and it's, it's just always a great thing to, you know, click over once a day or once a week or once a month and pull up that image or print it out and stick it on your desk. I think it's just a really great inspiration to think about really why you're doing what you do. Yes, absolutely. I love that you do that. That's so great. It's so nice to meet other vision boarders. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, before we let you go, um, tell us a little bit about where people can find you online or learn more about your work. 
Absolutely. Yeah. So our website is a design partnership.com. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at a design partnership or Facebook, um, also at a design partnership and all the links to our social sites are also on our website as well. Or if any of the listeners would like to receive a free email calendar, um, you can email me at natalie at a design partnership com and uh, I will email you with a complimentary email marketing calendar. Very nice. Love it. Well, Natalie, thanks for joining us today and thank you for being obsessed with design. Okay, kids, that's episode number 90 in the books. For all of today's show notes, head over to obsessedshow.com. While you're at it, head over to iTunes and give us a rating or review. We would love for you to help others find the show. Obsessed with Design is a product of the Design Obsessed team at Miles Herndon, a branding agency in beautiful downtown Indianapolis. If you have any tips for who you'd like to hear next, please tweet to at Josh Miles or at Obsessed Show. And of course, today's episode was edited by the talented Gen Eds at Brassy Broadcast Company. Visit BrassyBroad.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.